This is Carl the Jackal Frampton. Hi, this is David Healy. Hello, this is Stephen Ferris. Hi, I'm Bethany Ferris. Hi, this is Joey Barton. I'm Jonas Gutierrez. Hi, this is Harry Kewell. And, and you're, you're listening, listening to The Score. The Score with Michael Clark. I'm a man. Welcome along to The Score with me, Michael Clark. Here's what's coming up on this week's programme. We are going to have an assessment of the season so far. How are the top flight clubs faring? And what does one of the country's leading sports journalists make of the title challenge? The teams in and around the middle? The movers and shakers and those trying to avoid the dreaded drop? We are going to assess matters with Mark McIntosh shortly on the show. We're also going to be speaking about a past players association, the first of its kind, set up in this country by Newry City and their former manager, Darren Mullen. How is he getting on these days? Has he got any desire to get back into the beautiful game? We'll be talking to him and an interim manager on the show. Mark Stafford got a win in his first game in temporary charge of Balna Mallard. Has he been bitten by the managerial bug? We'll find out on today's show. All that and more right here on The Score. The Score with Michael Clark. Yes, hello, welcome along to The Score, back for another week. And as we are heading into half-term, it is kind of a school report in many ways. We're not halfway through the season, but we have a third of the season gone now. And, you know, who needs to do better? Who will be sitting front of the class feeling very proud of themselves? All that sort of thing, and I'm not doing that on my own. We are welcoming back onto the programme sports journalist Mark McIntosh. Mark, good to talk to you. Here to speak to you, Michael, but I thought you were supposed to save the best to last. <laughs> well, I thought if I gave you premium billing, I wouldn't be able to afford you, you see. <laughs> that's probably fair enough. <laughs> you can't leave the punters waiting. That's the other side of the coin, too. And in terms of this premiership season, there's some people, Mark, saying, just uh, just give it to Linfield already. I mean, I think it's a wee bit soon to be saying that, but what's your assessment on it? They have a seven-point lead over Crusaders, who are now second. Yeah, look, it's very premature to say give it to anybody. Um, look, even maybe five weeks ago, I was telling anyone that would listen, I don't think anyone's going to run away with this league this season. Um, and as daft as it may sound right now, I still don't think someone's going to run away with it. You know, Linfield have made a great start. There's no doubt about that. You know, some of their rivals have had blips. Um, but listen, I'm sure Linfield's blip will come at some stage as well. Um, and like any title race I think a lot will depend on the transfer window in January um, we've seen from recent years maybe Linfield aren't going to you know, dip too far into their pockets in January whereas Lauren definitely will if they need to and Glen Torn possibly will as well so look, I wouldn't be getting ready to stick any particular coloured ribbons in the Gibson Cup just yet We'll come on to the, the, the top half in a bit but I want to have a look at the bottom half and how things are standing at the moment incredibly tight down there you've Lockall in 7th with 18 points Carrick Rangers on 13 underneath them then it's Newry City on 10 Ballymena United on 9 Dungannon Swifts on 8 and Glenavon 
now propping up the table with seven points. Um, so clearly, week by week, lots of chopping and changing can occur. And if you're Ballymena United, things are feeling a lot better. You've got a derby win, and now you're up to 10th. It was a great weekend for, for Ballymena, certainly. And obviously, they were given a bit of a helping hand. It was a, a harsh red card, I thought, for, for Matthew Chevlin, Corian Stryker. Um but look, listen, great for Ballymena and great for Jim Irvin. You know, what that'll do for morale around the place is huge as well. But I mean, it was a, an awful, awful weekend for Glenavon. Um, and I'm sure some of their fans have probably been sitting there thinking this is only a matter of time before we're bottom because, you know, the signs aren't good. Um, I certainly, I, I look at their squad and think they're better than what they're doing. Um, it's just it's been a nightmare start for them. Obviously, the, the club made the decision to make a change. Gary Hamilton left the club, and then came Stephen McDonnell. You know, he certainly hasn't set the world on fire since he came in. But look, like any new manager, he's going to need time. He's changed how they they play. I'm not convinced that's the style of football that will get you out of trouble in the or in the Sports Direct Premiership. Um, I think we looked at Dungannon for several years, and while Dean Shields played some lovely football. It wasn't winning football, and I think Stephen McDonald hopefully will have learned a few harsh lessons from his time at Warren Point, but I don't see any evidence of that just yet. Yeah, very, very difficult to know what way the bottom of the table is going to look because it is quite compact, and you know people were writing the eulogy for Balamini United, and you know they might still end up in a precarious position, but they're starting to show some flashes of life with a couple of wins in recent weeks. Do you think? from what we've seen so far and I I will keep stressing this it is only 13 games that we have played but do you think there's enough um, from them in the last couple of weeks to suggest that there is an upward trajectory here and that it's not just you know a flash in the pan good couple of results yeah listen when I, when I looked at Balamina at the start of the season I, I kind of worried for them because I thought they'd made quite a lot of changes in their squad I don't think their squad which struggled last year I certainly didn't think the squad this year was a stronger one so that's normally the recipe for a bit of a nightmare um, but look Jim Irvin's got his feet under the table now you know he's played one round of fixtures I, I think there's enough there and I would say that about Glenavon as well to be honest you know I still think that squad is good enough um, I think the difference is though Jim Irvin knows the league inside out and he, he will he will set his team up to win games or to try to win games in an Irish league way and I know that's not fashionable and it might be desperate to watch at times but to me that doesn't matter it's all about getting points on the board and I would fancy Balamina to be able to do that enough that they're not going to be in bother at the end of the season Which makes the game at the weekend very interesting because I'll run us through all the fixtures but to finish the point Balamina United are playing against Dungannon Swifts who've only won once in the league so far this season Ballymena United still haven't drawn a game so um, I wonder does that give anyone a clue as to what happens I, I, I'd suggest probably not because football is just topsy-turvy Carrick Rangers against Glenavon uh, Corian Cliftonville Crusaders Glen Torren Linfield Lockall and Newry City Larne predictions will come later in this show the Newry City Larne game incidentally is a half five kickoff. but um, just looking at you know Dungannon just being a point behind Ballymena United, they, they've got so many plaudits this season and I'm not suggesting for a minute they haven't deserved them because they've got some very uh, eyebrow-raising results against the big teams but um, five draws, one win, seven defeats so far for Rodney McAree's side. 
Yeah, and look, I think sometimes from the outside looking in, you'll think, oh, you know, Rodney's done a great job since he's gone back there. Um, but if you actually delve a bit deeper and look at the results, I mean, I would be concerned. Um, again, I think Rodney has changed the style in terms of how they're playing, and I think they're set up to be more successful than they have been in the last couple of years. But, you know, I, I would certainly be concerned. And I would I would also question some of the mentality because it seems to be when they play Lorne or some of the bigger sides, they do really well. But other than that, you know, they can't seem to buy a result. And to me, that can only come down to a mentality. You know, it's the same players, essentially. You know, I just, I, I really don't understand that. But look, they aren't alone there. You know, you've seen many clubs do that throughout the year, certainly Glenavon. In recent years, you know, had a great record against probably the top six, but a woeful record against the bottom six. Um, and I think that's something that Rodney will certainly be looking at very closely, and that's something he's going to have to change between now and the new year. And what will give us an indication as to you know how they address that or don't will be their next five league games, which are all against the bottom half clubs. Well, yeah, and look, that's that's when a club like that has to pick up their points. Um, you know, years ago we used to always talk about home form being the most important thing. I, I don't necessarily think that that's exactly as simple as that anymore. But when you're playing against those clubs in and around you, you have to be picking up points. And you know, I think we've seen from the likes of even Carrick Rangers in the past couple of seasons, if you can pick up those points for those clubs around you early enough in the season, going into the new year, you're pretty much safe. And you know, that's something the clubs should be looking at. Um, and certainly I'm sure we'll come on to lock goal but that's certainly something I think they've done already now Yeah well it's a good time to talk about lock all they, they've been fantastic they've already got 5 wins 18 points I mean you know what? what's the golden number that they should be aiming for Dean Smith might not be wanting it to be as sort of simplistic as that but I'm sure punters are wondering you know if they get to 30 points is that them safe what do they need to be targeting? You know, you, you probably are looking at something like that. Um, but look, first and foremost, Lockall have been the team of the season by a distance so far. You know, I think when they come into the league, a lot of people thought, you know, they might cause the obvious surprise and maybe at home clubs aren't used to Lakey Park, all of that, and they might pick up more results than people think. I certainly don't think anyone would have foreseen what they've been able to do so far, and I think Dean Smith deserves huge credit for that. Um, I think they've been a breath of fresh air and you know there's a lot of decent players there as well you know and uh, listen I, I think things can continue to improve as well at Lockall because you know maybe even after a couple of weeks people thought oh they'll be found out quick enough well it doesn't help them and you know they're they're producing like listen they've been on the receiving end of, of a wallop and obviously against Glen Torn but I think even Dean Smith will have admitted before the start of the season that that might happen occasionally but he's kept the majority of the squad that got them up and I think because they have that sort of togetherness. I think they're all they're all in this together, and I think it'll be a successful year for them. And look, I, I don't even know if he is looking at a points total. To be totally honest, I think he just wants them to keep doing what they're doing. I'm sure he's had a look at what Carrick have done in recent years, like I said, and uh, they're certainly following that model right now. And they are beating the teams in and around them. That certainly helped. You know, wins over Dungan and Balamina. They've beaten Newry City twice. Uh, so that certainly stands out. They've held Cliftonville. They've beaten Lorne. Um, you know, so taking points off the top half. Uh, I, I guess teams 
if you're a lock all they're kind of bonus points nearly they're not ones that anyone forecasts you to get if you can get them happy days but uh, I'm sure the win against Lauren will be reflected considering they are the defending champions as uh, one of the best results in lock all's top flight history totally and you know and look yes we all we all looked at that result and thought okay I didn't expect that but can you honestly say you were really really surprised probably not you know I would have been more surprised if it had been at Inver Park but you know it was just one of those nights and sometimes you get those games when everything goes your way you know I remember Rowan Ferguson had two goals of getting sent off that night as well mm-hmm. so just sometimes those things just go your way but I, I think there's certainly been a lot more than luck involved in what Lockall are doing you know like I said Dean Smith and his brother deserve a lot of credit for what they're doing there and I think the players have stepped up as well you know they've got some exciting young players they've got experienced players in terms of being playing together and being at the club for a long time maybe not experienced in the top flight but look when you're picking up points and you're getting victories in the top flight when you're only into it confidence is going to be sky high and Honestly, you know, I I don't certainly don't see them in the top six, and you know, you might find in the la- latter stages of the season they'll tail off a bit again, a bit like Carrick have done in, in recent seasons. But if I'm Dean Smith right now, I'm delighted where we are. What are your thoughts on Newry City then? I mean, the next couple of matches not the most forgiving, all bit their home games are against Lauren this weekend. Then they have Linfield before going away to Carrick in the cup. They've they've Cliftonville away. They've done Gannon Swifts away to sort of you know tickets into the middle of November. Well, look, I, I've seen Newry a few times this season, and I've seen the good and the bad and the ugly from them. Um, you never quite know what you're going to get. Um, now, at the start of the season, they would have been the club I would have feared for, if I'm being really honest. You know, I thought Lockall might come up with a bit of purpose. Um, I, I worried about Nuri, just the change in manager. You know, Darren Mullen had been there a long time, done a fantastic job. Um, a few changes within the squad. I just, I, I had my concerns. Um, that said, I've also seen them do so well. I saw them at Carrick earlier in the season, and they were unbelievable that day. Larkin Ford was an a handful and if he could play like that every week you'd have a hell of a player in your hands um, but I think there are worrying signs for Nuri you know they're shipping a lot of goals uh, and that's a big big concern because I don't think they have enough firepower to rectify that if they continue to ship goals and while they're doing that I still think you know they would certainly be concerned to come the end of the season they're going to be in trouble yeah, they have Newry City conceded 35 times in the league this season. It is the league's leakiest defence so far. And uh, it's only one worse off than uh, the other team we haven't talked about yet, which is Carrick Rangers. What have you made of Stuart King's men on their day, uh, able to produce some very good results, but have also um, you know slipped to some disappointing defeats? There's no hiding behind that. Yeah, a bit of a Jack and Hyde season so far, you know. I thought the signings that Stuart King made in the summer were very good. A lot of experience came into the club, you know, Danny Perkett and Joe Crow and players like that. Um, but yeah, it's it's been a fascinating start for them. You know, I think the best way to put it is takeovers and walkovers. You know, who can forget the nine nil defeat um, at Crusaders? But to be fair, they showed the Jekyll and Hyde, and they went to Windsor straight away and got a three three draw. You know, a few days later. Um, but I think Stuart King, you know, he, he's wily. He knows what he's doing. Um, and I think he's just, he wants that team to gel. It might take a little bit longer than it has done before, but I, I certainly wouldn't be concerned because I think, unlike Nuri, they have the firepower probably to see them through. 
Okay, let's uh, now move into the top half and um, so much to, to try and wade through here. Uh, but let's look at the bandsiders off the back of their derby loss against Palomini United. Um, a really, really disappointing start to the season. Frustrating start to the season. They've lost five of their first 13 matches. They've 20 points. What's going wrong with Coleraine here? I know you could look at it and say, well, they're two wins away from being third, so maybe are we jumping on them too harshly too soon, or would you have cause for concern? Um, I, I would have slight causes for concern, probably, in that you know their place in the top six might be under threat. Um, but I've said that for a couple of years, and that's why I, I, I'm not astonished by what's going on at Coleraine this season. And I think a lot of people who watch Coleraine would probably agree with me. Um, I think it's a lot of people from the outside looking at it thinking it, it's been a very poor start for them. Um, I had some concerns over some of the signings, I have to say. Um, so I'm not overly surprised. Um, but look, we've been here before with Corin, and they've certainly gotten themselves out of it. Um, but it hasn't been a good start. There's no getting away from that. And I'm being really honest, sixth place at the start of the season before a ball's kicked, that's the best they can do. When you look at the teams above them and you think, how do you shift these teams? And the one side that, you know, looking at how they start it, might be that team that you earmark for potential peril or glory, because they're so hard to put a finger on at the best of times, is Glen Torin. Um, my money's on them somehow finishing third, because that seems to be what always happens. But it hasn't been easy for Warren Feeney, has it? No, and look, Warren Feeney was under huge pressure before a ball's kicked. You know, he wasn't a popular choice. I think that's the biggest understatement of the year. Mm -hmm. um, and I think they're always one defeat away from a car park protest at the Oval. You know, there's a lot of fans. I don't think it would matter if Warren Finney went and won the league. I think he would still be a couple of defeats away from them wanting him out. That's just the reality of it. Um, I think his personality, however, um, he's got the best type of personality for that gig. You know, it takes a special type of person to be a success at Glentoran because of the demands and sometimes the unrealistic demands in the past. But I think there's decent things happening at Glentoran. Um, You know, they've certainly gone to three at the back recently and that's given them a better balance to the side, I would say. Um, and I agree with you, actually. I think by hook or by crook, they will have a decent enough season. But... Look, the big question remains will Warren Feeney be the manager at the end of the season and at this moment in time I just don't think any of us could say yes or no and is that because of his temperament and, and where his breaking point could lie is it because of the the perception around how Glenn Torrin do their business or or is it another element I mean what, what makes you say that yeah what makes you say that I, I, I think just simply when he came in the Glenn Torrin fans didn't want to give him a chance. I think that's the reality of it. They saw him as a Linfield person. Yes, he used to manage Linfield. Um, he was a Linfield fan growing up, but that's not how football works. That's how football fans work. You know, Warren Feeney wants to win matches for Glen Torn. He wants Glen Torn to be the most successful club in this country. There's no doubt about that. And he has the drive and determination to make that happen. I just think the Glen Torn fans will never fully give him that opportunity. Um, and that's the sad reality now what I will say is we've seen down the years when, when the Glentorn fans basically make it known they don't want a manager to stay that's normally what happens you know they even got rid of you know the great Roy Coyle you know and if it can happen to Roy Coyle it can happen to anyone but what I would say is I think because there's a 
you know, a proper friendship and relationship between the people who appointed Warren Feeney, as well as them just thinking he was the guy to do the job. I think he will be given more time than any other manager. Um, and, and I think if Glentoran fans are patient, and I know they've had to be patient, they haven't won the league since 2009, but I think if they are patient, Warren Feeney could deliver success to the Glens. What that looks like, I'm not sure. But I think this season of Glen Tormer to win a trophy, and I don't think it matters which one, but if they can win a trophy, hopefully for them, that could be the start of something successful. That said, we said that under Mick McDermott as well, and they won the Irish Cup very early on, and that was as good as it got. Um, but listen, I just think any sort of protest and distractions off the pitch doesn't help anybody and I just think Glentoran fans should get behind the team you know even if they're not fussed on the manager get behind the team and that can only help them well another team who had a managerial appointment which before any football was played was certainly dividing opinions was Cliftonville they set three points better off than Glentoran they were beaten by Linfield last weekend they're you know I thought they played some really, really good football in that match and they were left scratching their heads at the end of it going, how do we lose here? That seems to be what happens when Cliftonville play Linfield. Uh, however, certainly not just under Jim Magelton. It's been a recurring theme down through recent years. What have you made to their start to the season? They're only a point behind Crusaders in second, eight points behind Linfield in first. Yeah, I think it's been a great start for Jim Magelton, Jared Little and Cliftonville in general. Um, and, you know, again, a bit like the Warren Feeney scenario, a lot of Cliftonville fans weren't happy when the when the two lads came in. I think the difference is, though, I think Cliftonville fans can see what Jim and Jared are actually doing, um, and they can see results have improved. I think the type of football has improved. Um, I think he's made some good signings. I think, to be fair to the Cliftonville fans, some of them probably are eating humble pie, and you know they, they're giving Jim a chance, and they're saying that things are improving. And I think we'll continue to improve. You know, I said at the at the time I thought Cliftonville would be very lucky to have Jim Magilton. Um and I, I think he can build something there. I think the signings have been clever. Ben Wilson's scoring a lot of goals. You know, he's certainly maybe the, the most informed striker in the league. Um I think there's good things happening in Cliftonville. Um now, listen, is it too early for a title charge? I would say yes it is. But here, if Jim Magilton could be the manager to to stop this Irish Cup hoodoo you know they haven't won it since 1979 you know it sounds bizarre for me to say Clinville haven't won the Irish Cup in my lifetime um, which is madness um, but now what, what a turnaround it would be if Jim Jones was the man to land the Irish Cup for Clinville. Um I think that would be an incredible end to the season Might be something that they have in the back of their minds um, they've had a, a very think exciting start to the season their defense only conceded six goals uh, which um, you know is often what you would consider title winning form but they need to make sure that they win a few more games uh, it's early doors to be saying that maybe three defeats beside them which is one more than Crusaders and two more than both Larne and Linfield their level on points of Larne by virtue of goal difference Larne are below them at the minute in fourth place and um, well too many draws I think Tiernan Lynch would admit that himself they've drawn five of their opening 13 games yeah and look the tone was kind of set you know with that Dungannon game when they threw away a lead um, but look it, it was always going to be a trickier season for Lauren because they have the huge target on their back now you know it's one thing being the, the dogged underdogs you know and you know the, the fascinating story the romantic story of where they've come from and all of that but when you're league champions, everyone wants to beat you. 
you know, Linfield will probably growl for people saying that, saying that's what they have to deal with every week. But, you know, it is a different sort of challenge for Lauren this season. And again, they've made so many changes to the squad too. Um, I think that was always going to take time. But as things stand right now, I certainly wouldn't be ruling them out of winning the league again and defending the title. I, I just... I, I like so much of what I see, um, but I think the league throughout this season, and certainly in the top half of the table, I think you will see the odds slip up. So the likes of Lauren losing at lock goal shouldn't come as a massive surprise, and I think maybe the clubs in and around them will, will suffer similar fates elsewhere this year. Look at the next few games. Away to Newry City, then at home to Cliftonville, away to Linfield, home to Corian, home to Glentorn. If you want to make inroads, you got to win more of those games than not. And uh, it, it sounds tricky, it sounds unfavourable, but that's what the best teams do. If you want to be one of them, you have to do it. Completely. And, you know, I think Tiernan and his players will relish those games. You know, there might be some players elsewhere that wouldn't fancy that sort of run. But to me, that that's exactly what they, they love. And that's, you know, they test themselves against those sides. And I think after that run of games are complete, we'll certainly have a better picture of where Lauren are. But I, I think they'll be closer to Linfield than what they are right now, certainly. OK, what about Crusaders? Second in the table. Um, people always seem to write off Crusaders and then Stephen Baxter finds a way to get them firing again. They've won eight of their games. They've drawn three, as I mentioned before, just the two defeats, 27 points. It's a smart start to the campaign for the Crews. Yep, it's been a, it's been a very, very good start for the Crews. Um, and again, before the season started, I thought they did the best transfer business. You know, Stephen Baxter got his, his work done very early, which was impressive. Um, you know, he obviously has Ben Kennedy returning to the side after pretty much a full season out. And, you know, he certainly hit the ground running. He's scoring a lot of goals and a lot of spectacular goals. Um, I, I've always been critical of the Crews in terms of I don't think they have that number nine, you know, that sort of Andy Waterworth type, you know, that would just score goals when it mattered. And, you know, you, you can always rely on, you know, 30 goals a season. I think if they had that, they would be title favourites, in my opinion in terms of you know the business they've done and the squad they have but you know the injury to Jimmy Callagher I don't think we can overplay or, or underplay any of that you know it, he was a huge influence in that defence he'd only been there a short space of time um, but you could see certainly his partnership with Daniel Larmer was already looking very good and for Jimmy to pick up such a serious injury so early in his Crusaders career was a massive massive blow and until then you know I think they looked incredibly good. Um, since then, to be fair, they've continued. They picked up points. I think they had a bit of a wobble after Jimmy was injured. Um, but I, I think certainly his injury is a massive, massive loss to the crews. And that, that might be something that cost them dear towards the end of the season. And Linfield, as we know, top of the tree at the moment. Um, some people were wondering about a wobble when they drew against Carrick Rangers and then off the back of their win against Coleraine were then beaten by Larn, and this was all in such close proximity within the space of a couple of weeks that people said well that obviously shows there's a weakness there they've not shown any such signs of that since they've won their next six league games and their defence looks a lot more solid I just wonder how much of that is down to uh, a certain Mr Ewan East Yeah I think Ewan East has been a, a fantastic signing and as a Queen of the South fan he was certainly a player I was aware of before he signed for the Blues um, and yeah I think he's done a great job since he's come in 
Um, look, can he continue that between now and the end of the season? I don't see any reason why he shouldn't. Um, but it was an area of the pitch that I was concerned about for Linfield at the start of the season. Um, you know, a lot of experience left the club. Um, I wasn't convinced they had brought in enough Um you know, Matthew Fitzpatrick at the other end of the pitch, you know, certainly hasn't scored the amount of goals that he would like to have scored. Although I think his work rate and what he actually does for the team has been phenomenal, um, which is why David Healy continues to pick him. Um, I, I think it's been a good start for Linfield, though. I still think there is more to come from Linfield as, as a team and as a squad, um, which might sound ominous. But I just think when I look at the, the clubs around them, I think there's much more to come from them, which is why I'm saying I don't think Linfield or any club this season is going to run away with the title. But if you'd offered David Healy a seven-point lead at this stage of the season, he'd have bitten your hand off for it. Okay, now remember, still to come on the score, we're going to be hearing from Ballon Mallard United's interim manager, Mark Stafford. He is going to be on the show shortly. And we're going to hear from Darren Mullen as well. Some uh, exciting developments for past players of Newry City. They're able to pull the boots back on and the club colours once again and raise a few bob for a good cause all at the same time, which sounds like a winner to me. But uh, Mark, just as we close out this first section of the programme, some one-word predictions. I'm going to give you the fixtures first of all for this weekend in the Premiership and one-word answers if you don't mind, please, okay? So uh, let's start with, we'll do it alphabetical order um, so no one can accuse me of any sort of favouritism. Balamini United against Dungannon Swifts. Ballerina. Carrick or Glenavon? Carrick. Coleraine, Cliftonville? Cliftonville. Crusaders, Glen Torren? Draw. Oh, you do know that word, I wasn't sure. Linfield or Lockall? Linfield. Newry or Larne? Larne. Now, who's finishing bottom? Newry. Who wins it? Linfield. And last one. Will there be a more surprising managerial appointment than Kenny Shields to Moyola? If there is, I cannot wait to see it. <laughs> uh, Mark, great to have you on the show as ever. Always great to get your thoughts. Thanks very much for coming on to The Score. Yeah, anytime. The Score with Michael Clark. Now, this is a lovely story. Newry City have become the first club in Northern Ireland to establish a past players association. And one of the men behind this initiative needs no introduction to their fan base. He is their former manager, Darren Mullen, and he joins me on the line now. Always a pleasure having you on the show. Darren, how are you? Thank you, Michael. Thanks for having me on. So the Past Player Association, I mean, I'm sure it does what it says on the tin, but tell us a bit about this. What does it mean in practice? Well, I suppose if we go back to the oranges of it, um, we had a Legends game against uh, Liverpool Legends, and I was asked to gather up a team for that. Um, so you're, you're trying to remember, you know, who you played with, who you played against, who you went down and watched when you were younger, and it sort of stemmed from that. We set up a, a WhatsApp group. Um, and then we played the Liverpool Legends. Um, that involved, you know, we had Harry Fay, Ollie Ralph, him Hawkins, Larry Griffin, Tommy Gray, a lot of guys that have played the, played down the years for, for Newry. And we had a WhatsApp group that for that and even after that game we all just kept in touch and you know it's it's a group that's constant and I'm sure everybody has plenty of WhatsApp groups that are like that, but it's just it's constant, but it involved past players who hadn't 
been in touch with each other for 15, 20 years and you know, we're suddenly being brought back together and enjoying the crack and that type of thing, enjoyed it in the change rooms and we had a night out after it. So we had another one a year later then against the Manchester United. Legend, same thing again. But after that, you're thinking, you know, where, where does this go? Because it is such good crack, you know, the banter the lads have with it. We need to extend it in some manner. So I approached the club and asked them about the possibility of making it formal for a past players association and straight away the club were fine which I knew they would be and it sort of stemmed from that so we had our launch last week and it's really going to involve you know a few more games but it's more from a, a social aspect I think even from we launched it last week I had a guy who played for the club in the 70s contacted me wanted to be involved just wanted to catch up with people at the club and come back up and watch games so the plan is really to organise a few games we're playing Banbridge Legends next month and then a few social gatherings just to get people together to, to reminisce and that's really worth where we're at at the moment. Football is such a powerful tool for uh, bringing people together but also getting people out of the house, getting them active again and once you're playing days are over, sometimes the friendships drift, sometimes the good habits of the exercise and the, and the getting out uh, can, can kind of wane as well. So I imagine that this is going to be a real lift for all the people involved. Yeah, look, for anyone who's played or been involved in football, the change room, you know, they're the memories that, that you remember the most. That's that's what the, the crack is. Look, everybody's serious when it comes to the game and, uh, you know, the ups and downs with it. But the banter that you have in the change rooms, should it be a training or match games, that's something that is very hard to, to, to fill. It's a void that's very hard to fill. So it's just getting them back together again in the manner where, you know, they can reminisce about games, have that, that crack. Um, and, yeah, as you say, get them out of the house. There are people out there that I'm sure are involved in really for years and maybe haven't been down to watch or just maybe need an excuse as you say to get out of the house and come down and this is the perfect scenario for it you know sign up sign up for this you know get involved in some of the nights and it's not something to put pressure on people it's not a, a, a you know a, an event that has to be attended to every every time we put something on you know you know even for next year we're talking about a, a day at the races and that type of thing if it suits you great if it doesn't there's no harm done at the minute we have about 30 and that's been growing over the past week or two so I'm sure it will evolve and it's just a facility that's there for people if they do want to get out of the house if they want to come up to the game want to meet up with a few ex-players um, that, that maybe an opportunity that wasn't there before Have you been surprised at how quickly that WhatsApp group started to fill up? Initially yes and then <laughs> obviously once it's announced you're adding a few in we had to get a few younger younger lads in the, the average age was getting too old for, for, my, for my life especially when you're coming to the, to the game so we needed a few a few fresh faces and fresh legs in, in there but yeah I mean but like this, there's no one who hasn't wanted to be part of it you know I would have known lads that I would have played against or with and knew they'd played for Neary's, Neary's first team over the years and contacted them straight away yeah no problem at all would love to be part of it and the message has been you don't have to be an Ali Ralph or Harry Fay you know in terms of you know legendary status at the club it's just anybody that has kicked the ball for the club you know even as I said my own experience was you know, reserve player of the year in 1990. You know, uh, in terms of a playing career, I didn't have a great one with with Newry. So, it's just anybody that has played for the club to come down. They know there's there's a facility there if they want to get involved, want a bit of crack. And you know, I imagine it'll it'll grow. Um, you know, we can see it already that it has grown. People contacting and suggestions out there. You know, to do different different days out, and even other clubs contacting and trying to find out. You know, how to how to develop and and what you need to do, but 
there was no great science to it. Set up a WhatsApp group, you know, watch it grow and, and watch it develop from there. And with all these footballers together, I mean, do they get competitive when it comes to these games, which are, you know, they're meant to be kickabouts with your mates, really, and you, you've come up against some famous faces, but does the competitive streak quickly return? I suppose to, to an extent it does. People you know, just get, get back in and get lost in the moment. Now, the difference is the feet and the head aren't working in conjunction anymore. Um, <laughs> so it's, it's not like when they're playing younger. Sometimes lads try to do things that, that their body's not able to do, which is funny. You know, we had Eamon Hawkins, I think, in the, in the Liverpool Legends game, and, and he lasted a whole three minutes uh, from it, but and, and hasn't been mentioned, you know, at least a thousand times since since that. So it's look. You know yourself when you when you play football and you go back into the game, yeah, you want to win and you want to be competitive, and the lads do that. There is that competitive nature, but you know that once the final whistle goes, that just evaporates, and then the lads are just glad to be, you know, kicking a ball about and putting a new kit on again, and then getting ready for a few years after the game. And I noticed when the statement came out about this, Dean Holmes, who's the Irish FA Club Development Officer, he was saying, you know, there's a common misconception as soon as you finish playing on the pitch that you're done with the football club. And this is an example of Newry City showing that isn't the case. Yeah, that that is. I mean, in fairness to Dean, he's come up and supported really well. So we're thankful to the FA for getting for getting involved. But he's he's right. You know, even from my own experience, you know, leaving leaving Newry, you know, there is that straight away that immediate void because you've gone from being completely involved to nothing then really and now this is an opportunity to get back to get back and involved and get get people back involved with with the club you know from all over basically the lads coming back and from from dublin um so yeah it's it's been it's been great and it does as i say create an opportunity for them to get back go back involved they don't have to commit to anything there'll be a calendar of events there that we can set up for the next while and people can have a look and go yeah that suits me or that doesn't um, you know, we had the game we were supposed to have on Saturday, and it was called off with the with the weather. And we had eighteen lads prepared to do that. I would say going into Legends games, you probably need a lot more considering the injuries and and you know that that players suffer from probably not playing regularly or whatever. But um, yeah, we have another game now next month, and that'll probably tie in with our probably our Christmas day out or night out or whatever. We have Joey Cunningham. He's head of entertainment at this stage um, mm-hmm. I'm one of the main characters in the group so it's, as I say it's it's been good and I know it'll continue to grow and we'll get more people involved Well that'll be a very good party if Joey's uh, running it then uh, that's for sure and the other thing about this too is you're not just doing these games um, and, and kind of missing an opportunity because you're, you're going to try and support charitable causes um, the Southern Area Hospice Services I know something you've been a great supporter of down through the years yeah, we were doing that on Saturday. It's just a donation for each player to give into it. You know, it's something small for it, but vital for their services. Um, they need constant supply of donations, and that's something that we do for each of the games. Each of the players are more than happy just to make a make a donation to it, and that adds up. You know, if you have forty players in there, they're all making a you know a donation. It, it, it's you know it's it's nice to give something back and a very worthy cause. So that's something we will do for every game now. And tell me this, all this organisation, because you're the secretary, but I know from past experience when you're the secretary of things, you, you end up doing quite a lot of the organising. Has all this organisation around football made you think, oh, I'm getting itchy feet again? It's been what, about six months since you stepped down from the Newry City job. Yeah, it has been all right. But I suppose even before that, I got myself back into the coaching um, with the the Southern Area Hospice 
charity initiative that had, that had started. So that had started a while back. So probably both hand in hand, you know, you're getting at your feet once you're getting back involved in, in the football end of it. You know, I enjoy the coaching end of it. And even that first session, I did, the first session that I did for, for this initiative was with um, Annie and under 18s. Michael Willis had invited me down and that was my first coaching session done in, I think it was four months and it was great. Really enjoyed it, just getting back on the pitch and, and taking a session. So, you know, that just just proved how much I missed it. I feel like um, I needed the break and, a, you know, a good four-month break. So I'm doing it. I'm doing it at least once or twice a week now with and I have more sessions booked now right up until Christmas. So it's it's going really well. So between it and this, yeah, it's keeping me involved. And are you in touch with Gary much? I know he was your number two. Newry City ninth in the table at the moment. Have you given him uh, words of encouragement? Yeah, I've been in touch with Gary pretty regular. You know, we were good friends. Um, you know, he was he was one that I thought was the best possible candidate for, for, for taking on the role. And, you know, I've no doubt he'll do well in it. Look, I tried to offer him advice where possible, but he's his own man. He's well fit to deal with whatever comes his way and you know I know he's enjoying it I was talking to him down at the ground last week he's enjoying it tough and all that it, that it is but yeah he's relishing it and I think they'll, they'll, they'll do well this year and again it's a, a team like Neary I know you've always got aspirations to try and finish up the table as high as possible but to stay in the league is, is an achievement in itself until anything changes drastically around the financial side of things just stay in the league is a good achievement and you know I've no doubt they'll do it is there any part of you that's going right? I got tenth. As long as he doesn't finish above tenth, that's grand. No, absolutely <laughs> not. God no. I mean, I, I'm a I'm a Newry fan. At, you know, at the end of the day, so um, you know, I just I'm I'm down supporting him. Um, I've been to most of the home games. I'll go to the game now on Saturday against Lawrence. So you know, just because I'm not managing anymore doesn't mean that you're still not a fan of a fan of the club. You know, and I'll I'll be shouting from the sidelines hoping they, they get the win. Fantastic. And in terms of, you know, you've said yourself, you're getting out, you're doing coaching work again. That's great to hear. You do maybe miss the cut and thrust of it. I'm sure there's itches being scratched with everything you're doing. But if the right job came up, um, could we see you back in the league this season, next season? Yeah, well, it's not one where I'm sitting waiting on, you know, I'm not sitting idle waiting on someone to contact me. But yes, I suppose at some point in time you'd like to come back in, you know, the coaching end of it is great, but you know that that the highs and lows that comes with the football—that's nearly like an addiction in itself. You know, getting back to that, the competitive nature of it. You know, the Irish League football is 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 great to be involved in. So, getting back involved, yeah, it's something that I, that I aspire to do. You know, it's not a case of retiring from Newry and then having no further involvement. You know, should it be managing or or, or coaching? Um, you know, I have no qualms in going in and, and just being part of a coaching setup at some point, but. Whether that happens or not, I don't know. You know, you've you've you're not wishing anyone to, to, to lose their job just to try and move on it. You know, whatever happens over time will happen. I'm a great believer in things happening for a reason. If it's if it's this season, so be it. If if not, then whatever I'll continue to just do the coaching initiative and do. And do you ever read the paper talk and think, no, that's nonsense? Because people I've heard say in the past, well, well, you know, with his career, and I'm not just talking about you, I'm talking about players. I mean, Matthew Fitzpatrick was an interesting example of that. A lot of people for a long time said, well, Matthew would never want to go into full-time because of his career. And then on this programme, he said, well, actually, if a full-time offer came up, I'd have to look at it, and now we know he's at Linfield. Yeah, you're talking about me, me going into full-time football? Well, yeah, because sometimes you hear people say, well... He, these people might not want it because they've been in a part-time setup before and, and people don't know where people stand 
Yeah, I think it's it's something. If it was the right opportunity, it'd be very difficult to turn down because, I mean, football. Like I would have an, an unhealthy addiction to football, as my <laughs> wife would confirm. You know, if, if someone offered you a full time role, that'd be very difficult to turn that down. Now, the right full time role is very hard to come by, and I, and I know there's aspirations for for the league to go full time. I, I can't see that happening anytime soon because of the finances involved in it. But I, I think. Managerial wise, yeah, I think that's something that might need to happen because of the amount of work that's involved in it. You know, if you're trying to hold down a, a, a job and then manage an Irish league team, there's there's a serious amount of work in that. So, if if an opportunity came up for full time football, of course you'd be interested in it. You would need you would be mad not to to, to consider it. Okay, glad we cleared that up because it is an interesting time and in where the league is going. More things moving towards full time, and then it, it creates that big question mark because not everybody can go full time but it doesn't mean that nobody wants to either so uh, glad we know what side you sit on that fence um, should the right thing uh, come up and just finally for people I'm sure there's people in the Newry City area going how do we get involved how do we show support there's lots of different ways people of course can support uh, the Past Players Association how do they reach out to you what's the best uh, avenue to contact you uh, we have an email address there. It's ppa at nearycityafc.co.uk. You know, if, and, and I've had people contact me and we're ready. As I said, players that have played in the seventies just wanting to get involved, or or even there'll be some more notifications on the club's social media in terms of events. Um, that's really it. Or even, as I suppose, there's always someone will know someone who's involved in the club. You know, just through word of mouth or some of the players that are there at the minute to get in touch with them, and then you know, they'll get in touch with myself or one of the other lads. So look, it's it's not it's not anything exclusive. Um, you know, people are more than welcome to jump on board. And as I said, if it suits them, great. If it doesn't, you know, we, we maybe get them at another event. And are you looking at a sponsored kit or anything like that, or is it baby steps? Oh, we have. We got a sponsor, Kerry Wilson. In fairness, uh, the club got us a, a kit sponsored already. Um, and that was just in the first day of that happening, wow. which, which was great for us. So the lads are going to be able to um, get their own kit and take it home. I'm certainly not watching washing kit for any of that myself. So they're gonna get, they'll get the kit and take it home with them. Um, but I'm sure there'll be a few lads who forget their shorts or socks along the way. Well, fair play. That is, uh, that's great to hear, and uh, well done in setting this up. Um, the first of its kind, um, as, as far as I can tell. So, uh, something to be very proud of. Yeah, it is. We were speaking to, to Dean, and as far as we're concerned, that's the first. I know there there are other teams that, that you know maybe have their own, um, maybe ex players involved in certain teams, but I think this is the first one to be officially recognised by by the club, and, and I think with the AFA. So hopefully it. it you know, it encourages all our clubs to do likewise because it's a very similar situation. You have players that are involved in I'm sure teams, Ash League teams from years ago, no matter what league you're in, and I'm sure they'd love to meet up for a bit of a kick about a bit of crack. Most certainly. And do you know what? I think the pandemic focused a lot of our minds on that. People who, you know, were nowhere near finishing their respective careers and then had a taste of what it's like to not get to do the thing you enjoy um, as much as you want to do it or at all, depending on where you were at that time. So uh, it gave us a better understanding of maybe what different people were going through. And now getting to do more things with our friends and, and people we haven't seen in ages uh, just sounds like a no-brainer. So well done to yourself. Well done to all involved in setting this up. And I wish you the very best of luck with it, Darren. Cheers, Michael. Much appreciated. Thank you. The score with Michael Clark. Now we are coming up to the end of the program, but we do have time for one guest, and they always say finish strong. I think we're doing just that with our next guest. He is the interim boss of Balna Mallard. He is, of course, still playing for them too. He is Mark Stafford. Mark, great to have you on the show. 
Hey Michael, thanks for having me. Hope you're keeping well. I'm doing very well. Great to have you on the show and well great to be off to a winning start, I'm sure, from your point of view. Yes, it was um obviously threw into deep end a wee bit uh, last weekend and uh uh you know, we had to prepare the team for a tough game against Ballyclare. Uh they have had uh, probably the upper hand to be fair to say and also over this past few years, um, especially at uh, their place. So um, we, we were expecting a tough game on Saturday there and we definitely got that but the players were absolutely outstanding I have to say and uh, they really took everything on board and they fought really hard stuck together and uh, we limited them to very very few chances which I was very pleased about and uh, we managed to nick one at the other end so um, absolutely delighted with some fellas and um, a massive three points for us I'm sure you know not every football game will go as well as that but what was the experience like being on the touchline and and calling the shots yeah well the the the, the game itself wasn't too bad the, the, the I felt the pressure now I have to admit um when I took the job on I said I would take it to help the club out sort of hit me then how to get staff together um training organized training numbers uh things like that and then working into the session on Thursday I wanted to cover set pieces and do all how to do all my work on Wednesday for the session on Thursday and then on Friday then you know it was a long day I have to admit now the the nerves got to me it was like there was a big day at the club there were sponsors there was a dinner on and stuff in the clubhouse and there was a lot of people going to be kicking around and I knew there'd be a lot of eyes in the game uh, as well you know looking out for the result and whatnot so I have to admit now, you know, that I did feel the pressure, but, uh, you know, as I said, when I took it on and I was interviewed before, it's, you know, it's you learn a lot about yourself in those moments, you know, when you're through into deep end and you put yourself out of your comfort zone. I did it when I left Ballamallard to go to Linfield. I was totally out of my comfort zone. And um, again, this week, I've been totally out of my comfort zone, but I've learned a lot about myself this week and uh, about my character and stuff. And it's it's been a, it's one hell of a, a learning curve for me. Um, as as a young, still as a player, but as a as a coach who's reaching for the first rung of the ladder, I suppose it's I did le- uh, learn a lot about myself and the players that I share the change room change room with as well. I have to admit they they were absolutely outstanding. Um, in the preparation to the game on Saturday, the way they took everything on board and helped me along, made it easy for me. Um, so yeah, I know it's 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 been it's been a great week to be honest. Now, um. Now, as I speak to you now, we're preparing for a session now for uh, Bangor away, so uh, the work hasn't stopped. <laughs> no, and I'm sure it won't stop either. Was it a bit strange in this scenario where these are your teammates and now all of a sudden, you know, gear shift? I'm your manager, I'm going to go give a team talk, I'm going to tell you, you know, what you need to be doing as opposed to talking to you, you know, as a colleague as such. Now there's a, a sort of, you've, you're in a position of power or authority, whatever way you yes. want to word it. Well, I'm very, I'm very lucky in terms of the relationship I have, not only with the players in the change room, but the staff, um, because a lot of the staff that I have with me now, um, were there with Harry. Obviously, of the of the goalkeeping coach who stayed on with me, um, Decky McIntyre, who's been brilliant, a real character and bubbly, bubbly personality, and you know, just breaks the ice in the change room. You know, and maybe a wee bit of pressure on even for myself. I love him, loved having him in around it this week. Uh, Hugh Donnelly as well, the fitness coach. Um, stayed and I asked them back to, to help me out this week and no problem at all so you know those people have made it very easy for me you know there hasn't been big changes um, for the players in terms of those guys and obviously James coming in a lot of the players would have known James but uh, McKenna from um, being his teammate at Ballon Mallard and whatnot, and, and obviously being a previous player so 
but again, the players, you know, we had, we had a we had a meeting on Tuesday night, um, when when it was announced that I was going to do interim on the Sunday or Monday, and I sort of had to draw a line in the sand. I just had to say that, you know, uh, for these whatever amount of weeks it's going to be, I'm going to be your manager, and uh, on Friday I was your teammate, but now I'm your manager, and and I have to make decisions. Um, that you know, we have to put the football club first. The friendships have to be pushed to one side for now. And I said to them that, you know, after these couple of weeks, I'll be back to being your teammate again. But I can promise you I'll be honest. And the, any decision you make is for the for the benefit of the football club and not an individual. So, and that's the way I went about it. I just was honest with them. I, I changed the shape of the team um, for the Ballyclare t- game. And I had to leave one of the players out who had been doing really well this season. But just it, he wasn't going to fit into the shape of the team. And he... It, I was open and honest with him, had a conversation with him, and um, he understood. And he came off the bench on Saturday and was outstanding for me. So, you know, I I just done it the way I would like to be um, treated as a player. Um, if I was ever to get into this game full time, I would take all those experiences. Um, I've learnt so much over the years from all the coaches and managers I've worked with. And I remember David Healy leaving me out of a Boxing Day squad one year. I uh, looked after myself all of Christmas, no drink or anything, prepared for the game went up to Windsor and I was told that I wasn't in the squad and he said to me staff there might be someday you might um, you might have to tell a player that he's not going to be in the squad and it's not easy but I have to make this decision for the best of the club and I, I could have walked up and I, I don't know I could have shoved him I could have shoved him down the stairs that's the truth but <laughs> I know that he was making the, the right decision for the club and for the team that day and again I had to do the same and, and that's that's part and parcel of the game you try and pick yourself up again and go again and try and prove prove them wrong and try and get into the team and James James has, has come onto the pitch on Saturday and done exceptionally well so that's another problem I'm going to have to deal with now this week when I go to pick a team again Well I think anyone that's ever watched you play football which will be everyone that's listening to this will say you know your leadership qualities are there to be seen and, and that's something that you know you can tell you've got that respect to your current teammates previous teammates still speak very highly of you and supporters from you know Linfield and Glenavon I'm sure will have happy memories of, of what's been achieved in your career but when you're doing this now and talking to me I'm hearing you know a bit of a a manager already to be honest you know sometimes players come into these positions and you think jeepers I'm sure he just can't wait till it's over but there's there's a bit of you relish in this well it's it's just a challenge you know I can assure you it might sound okay but deep inside I felt vulnerable about it I felt you know anxiety about it and things you know I did but you know you just have to push through these feelings you know what I mean and don't be afraid to go and put yourself out there and that's in any walk in life or any challenge you know in my career you know, I wasn't blessed with very much ability. You know what I mean. I grew into grew into football in terms. I couldn't get into, didn't play in a milk cup as it was at the time for County Fermanagh. I couldn't get picked. I just kept at it and dug away at it and and um, worked my way into the game. Ballymallard first team and then and then on to Linfield. You know, my, my career hasn't been what you would call, you know, no, you know a natural progression or anything. You know, it just sort of appeared out of nowhere. But I stuck at it and worked at it and. It's the same now when I when I want to give this challenge here, you know, you either take it on or let it let it let it beat you, you know. And I'm I'm not going to do that. I want to do um the the position justice, and I want to give the players as best opportunity as they can to go and and get a result on Saturday for themselves and for the football club. So, um, no, like the, these things are 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 set to challenge you, and it, it's nice to have these things in your life you know what I mean and get offered these opportunities to, to test yourself and I'm very lucky to um, be involved and play for a good football club 
who's trusting me to do it. So, um, and again, I've I've good support around me, good people around me, and I've worked with great people, and um, I've, I'm very I'm, I feel very fortunate to be honest, Michael. You know. And in fairness as well, you do have coaching experience. Uh, for anyone that isn't aware, maybe you can tell us a little bit about that. Yes, well, I, um, I've i been doing, I've always had an interest in coaching. Um, a big thing for me and Whitey Anderson used to meet with my old uh, first team manager at Battle of Mallard said, you know, he doesn't see enough players coming back into the game now and giving a mm-hmm. bit back. And, you know, I, I do have a gen- genuine interest. I, I would love to see young player if I could try and help them you know go and play in the Irish League and, and even have half the experiences that I experienced or maybe even go across the water or something or maybe just have an impact on, on a certain player or players just to help them improve and, and go and fulfil their potential and I'd love to be part of that journey you know and I, I do enjoy coaching I do um, I was part of the Irish Youth Cup squad um, of the Irish Youth Cup coaching staff last year the they won the Irish Youth Cup ball and mattered under 18s uh, up at Windsor last year. It was a it was a competition that um, that I had won when I was 18, and the, the football club hadn't won it since, so they bridged a big gap. And it was brilliant to be part of that. And um, one of those players that played in that final uh, there for us last year in May in Windsor, um, I gave him his debut on Saturday. Actually, he came off the bench for me, Dylan Boyle, um, exciting young talent, young player. And, it's nice to be fit to reward these young young players. You know, I have hands-on experience with them. I know um, the way he works and the way he plays and, and what much he puts into it. And I thought that the lad deserved to be called into the squad and and the opportunity arose on Saturday to get him on the pitch. And I think there was no other player that deserved it. You know, he was he 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 deserved his moment. But you know, he worked hard for it. And I, again, I um I, I do a bit of coaching for the AFA down and down in County Fermanagh based um, for the National Performance Programme for the 2010s um, so I do, I do a bit of coaching there on Sunday morning I was there at Sunday morning at half nine after after the big result we had at the weekend at the football club so um, and we have those lads in from half ten to one o'clock so um, but it's all experience I'm down there working with Lynn McFrederick another good coach loads of experience uh, with the ladies side of the game and things so um, I'm learning all the time. Like I'm only reaching for the first rung of the ladder here. And, you know, I'm no expert. I'm I'm hands on and I'm I'm making loads of mistakes coaching. You know, I'm, I'm, I love to get feedback of Whitey Anderson watching me sessions and give me some feedback and things and different people. You know, have been been guiding me and helping me. And obviously, I've I've done my B license in the summertime there um, as well, or in May up in Belfast for the week. I still have got a course work on that to finish, but I intend to go back and do my A license. Um, next year all being well so um, no look I'm, I'm on the road uh, I'm learning and there's no real path I don't have any, any real aims or goals or what I want to go and do or anything I'm just doing it and following the journey and see where it takes me I don't know but uh, I enjoy it Michael and I get a real buzz I get a real buzz out of helping young players especially and then obviously with Ballon Mallard there on Saturday you know wasn't expecting that opportunity but you know, coming off the pitch and the players had got three points to the club now and, and being part of that there was, was very special, I have to say. Well, I'm going to really enjoy following your progress and seeing what the next few years look like. I'm not going to put you under any pressure to, to, to try and pinpoint where you're going to be or anything like that, but if Whitey Anderson's giving you advice, you're doing just fine. Whitey knows his stuff, as you know, even better than I do. Um, yeah. You know, just, just finally, say some club comes knocking the door down and look, like, we want you on our coaching staff, but look, you know, staff, we, we don't really have any playing opportunities. Would you be, you know, dreading hanging the boots up if that call came? You know, do you want to try and keep playing for another year or two? What do you reckon? 
Oh, look, the, the body, I have to admit now, the body has been letting me down a bit. My knee, my knee isn't good good shape at all now. It, it's, I train a bit when I can, as much as I can, and then it swells up. And it, It's a managing job, but I've been very lucky. I've been very lucky that I've, um, I'm still fit to play in the championship at 36 years of age. Like, you know, there's people there that careers are over in their early 20s, mm-hmm. mid-20s, and late 20s, early 30s, you know, and I've... I've been very, very fortunate to play in the games and play with the people and meet the people in the game that I have done. Um, so at 36, you know, if I didn't kick another ball, I don't think I could have too many complaints, Michael. But for now, I do, I do feel as if I can still offer something on the pitch um, for this season anyway. And then look, we'll, we'll take a look at it maybe in the summertime again and and see and see what's there for me. But um, at the minute, like I, I enjoy enjoy my football. I love being around the change room and the boys. It's it's just me. It's just where I feel comfortable, where I feel happiest. Especially this week, it really brought it home to me when, you know, the pressure of everything and the expectation and whatnot. Um, you know, when I got into the changing room, then you know, just all that left me when I was in around that environment. You know, it just all left me, and I felt good. I felt comfortable again, and I could just feel be myself. I felt the pressure was away even before the game. You know, so just in that environment I would miss hugely if, if it wasn't involved in some way after I was playing now definitely but look I, I don't I'm not one for looking too far ahead in, in life and in things I just I'll go I'll go where the journey takes me and we'll see you know there's no point in you know looking too far down the line Michael but for now I'm enjoying this role I'm, I'm planning the session for Bangor away so that that's as far as I'm looking to be honest at the minute Michael <laughs> No, well, you know, best of luck with it, and and I'm making the commitment. I have to get you back on at some point down the road, and we can have a proper recap about things because you've had a fantastic career. I know you're not finished yet, but it's exciting that you're starting this next journey, and I can feel that excitement that's coming across. And I wish you all the very best with it. I genuinely do. Thank you very much, Michael. I really appreciate that. The score with Michael Clark. And just like that, we have reached the end of another programme. My thanks to Mark Stafford, Darren Mullen and Mark McIntosh for joining us on the programme. A big thank you to you for listening and all your lovely messages about us being in the Football Manager game. It is really exciting. If you have encountered us in the early access edition of the game, let us know. Were we nice? Were we not so nice? Screenshots would be lovely to see. And if you're holding out for the full release of the game at the start of November on the 6th of November well we look forward to encountering you in the football manager world very soon but for now all that remains to be said is enjoy your weekend of sport bye bye